Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to Experiences Unexplained. My name is Jesse Clark, and I am the host of this show. We have officially hit episode 10 with this episode, so if you guys have listened to all the previous episodes, I want to greatly thank you all. We have officially reached over 500 downloads, which is fairly good for a new podcast that's only been up since October. So thank you to all of you that continue to listen every week. And especially thank you to those that have shared this show with friends and told your family members about it. If you've been enjoying this show so far, could you please do me a favor and leave a review on the podcast listening app of your choice? We have a few reviews in, but I'd love to see more. It really helps grow the audience and get more listeners to click on this show if it's highly rated. And by increasing the audience size and having new listeners come to the show every week, we open up the opportunity to receive new stories submitted by the audience, which is what I really want for this show. I want to hear from you, the listener. So if you've ever experienced anything paranormal or strange or unusual, or simply something you just can't explain, I would love to hear about it. So if you have a story or you know someone who does, simply go to our website, experiencesunexplained.com, and click on Submit Your Experience. Or if you would like to have your own voice featured on the podcast, you can call our hotline, which is the preferred method. I really do like to hear these stories come from the mouth of the person that experienced it and hear their natural emotion when telling the story. So if you have a crazy story or you know someone who does, call the hotline at 1-270-290-0900. Unfortunately, we haven't received any phone calls yet. But we're only on episode 10, and I anticipated it being a slow burn as we build the audience in the beginning. But if you are listening to this and you've been debating calling the hotline, I urge you, please, if you have a story, call the hotline. I'm hoping to eventually have enough submissions from listeners to create a full-length episode of nothing but genuine original stories from the listener. I have received a couple of stories from listeners via email, so if you have submitted a story and you're wondering why you haven't heard it yet, I'm simply just waiting to hopefully receive more submissions to create a full-length episode. And while I'm on the topic of announcements, I would like to tell you, if you haven't done so yet, you can follow us on our social media accounts at Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. By following these accounts, you can stay up to date 
with any news or announcements that I may have about the podcast. And on the Facebook page, I also even share some interesting stories and articles that I come across throughout the week about strange happenings. So if that is something that interests you and you'd like to have a little bit more content from Experiences Unexplained, you don't have to wait for a weekly episode. You can simply just search Experiences Unexplained on social media and you will be able to find the page. I will also have links to those pages in the show notes and you can also find links to those accounts on our website at experiencesunexplained.com. But enough with all these announcements, let's get on to tonight's episode, episode 10. And in this episode, I am going to discuss a truly creepy phenomenon that's been happening over the past two decades that started around 1996. I am indeed referring to the spooky phenomenon known as the black-eyed children, or also known as black-eyed kids. If this is the first time of you hearing about this urban legend and this occurrence that's been continuing to happen over the most recent years, then I am glad to be the one to tell you about it. We are going to talk about the history of where this story began, and I'm also going to talk about some stories that I came across when doing my research about what has happened with these black-eyed children. As their name suggests... This phenomenon is when a person interacts with these creepy children that seem to have pure black eyes. As some of you may know, the white parts of a person's eye is known as the sclera, and the colored part of the eye is known as the iris. Well, in these little children and kids, that seems to be non-existent. Their entire eyeball is just pure black. And I'm sure many of you all have seen it in movies or shows of demonic beings being represented with just pure black eyes. And one show in particular that comes to mind for me is the show Supernatural. Throughout this show on multiple accounts, you'll see demonic beings being portrayed as humanoid creatures that just have pure black eyes. And they're not always black all the time they kind of can turn it on and off and when they start to become more aggressive that's when their eyes turn black and the same can be said for these black-eyed children in many of the stories that i came across throughout my research of this topic i saw a repeating pattern it seems like when people encounter these children they don't immediately reveal their black eyes Some will be wearing sunglasses, some will be looking down at the floor, avoiding contact, but eventually the person that interacts with these kids eventually makes eye-to-eye contact with their pure black eyes. Some even believe that these children are actually the sons and daughters of Satan himself. Apart from their pure black eyes, other physical descriptions of these children are about the same across the board in most of these stories. Most people that witness these kids give the same description of they travel in a pair. There's usually a little bit older kid around preteen age, and then there's a younger kid like a toddler age. They have extremely pale skin, and the type of clothes that they wear kind of varies throughout the story. Some say that they've seen these kids in regular clothing that you would see in any kid wear these days, but some have even mentioned that they've seen these children wearing Mennonite clothes or dated period clothing. 
And you may be wondering, what makes these kids so creepy? Is it just the fact that they have black eyes, or what is it about them that makes them paranormal or unusual? Well, most of the stories that I came across through my research showed a common pattern of these kids either wanting to come inside of your home, asking if they're allowed to come in, or some people have interacted with these kids out on the street while driving their car. Some people claim that they have seen these kids like panhandling on the side of the street and then they talk to the driver and ask to get inside of their vehicle. And if those of you who are familiar with vampire folklore, this will kind of ring a bell for you. It seems as though, just like vampires, these kids have to be invited in before they can actually do any harm. And perhaps what's the most unsettling about this phenomenon is how little we know about it. Because most people, when they interact with these kids, they do not help them. They do not let them in their house. And I think that kind of speaks volumes to how creepy and how bad of a vibe these children give off. You know, most people, if they see kids in need or they're out alone and they're like, can we come inside your car to get out of the cold or can we come in your house to use your phone? I feel like most adults would be glad to help out a kid in need. But actually... Anyone who's encountered these black-eyed children have immediately felt an overwhelming sense of dread. Some people even claim that these children seem to have some type of hypnosis effect on the people that they are talking to. Others have also claimed that these kids seem to be able to communicate with one another telepathically. They'll simply just look at each other without saying anything and seem to communicate with each other. Now, you may be wondering, where do these kids come from? Where's the history of this story and paranormal experience originate? Some people speculate that this phenomenon started to occur in the 1980s. But the earliest and best documented story that I could find happened in 1998 in a town called Abilene, Texas, to a man named Brian Bethel. According to Brian, this event occurred around 9.30 p.m. on January 16, 1998. Brian had left his apartment to go mail out his internet bill and drop it off at a Dropbox. On his way to mail off his internet bill, he stopped by the Dollar Theater to use the marquee light to help him fill out his check in the dark. It was at this time when he parked next to this movie theater that he heard some bangs on his car window. As Brian looks up, he notices two kids standing next to his car. They are both boys. He describes the first boy as slightly taller than his companion, wearing a pullover hooded shirt with sort of a gray checkered pattern and jeans. He said his skin was olive-colored and had curly, medium-length brown hair. The second boy that was a little smaller had pale skin with a trace of freckles, and he dressed in a similar fashion as the other boy, but his pullover hoodie was a light green color, and his hair was a sort of pale orange. The main characteristic of the second boy was that he was constantly looking around and acting nervous. Brian said the boys were about the approximate age between 10 and 14 years old, and they didn't appear to be directly related. Almost immediately, Brian feels a bit of a sense of fear, which rightfully so if you're in your car late at night and someone just comes randomly knocking on your window. 
But as Brian sees this, just two young boys, he rolls his window down a bit to talk to these boys and see what they need. And Brian makes a point to say that only the taller boy was the only one that talked. The younger boy just kind of stood back and observed. So as Brian rolled the window down, he asked, what can I do for you? And the boy says, hey, mister, we're wanting to go see this movie, but we don't have enough money with us. Could you please give us a ride to our mother's house to go get money so we can go see this movie? Now, Brian actually works as a news reporter, and he's a bit skeptical naturally and observant, so he begins to question the kids. Brian asks, how far away do you live? The kid's like, oh, not that far, mister. It won't take that much time. And at this time, Brian starts to just feel complete fear and just a fight-or-flight response, even though these kids haven't really said much to him. And the older boy seems to notice that Brian's starting to get nervous, and he says, don't worry, mister, we're not going to hurt you or anything like that. Being skeptical of why these kids were out by themselves this late at night and a little curious about their story, Brian continued to question these kids. Brian asked them, what movie are you wanting to see? And the boys stated that they were trying to see the new Mortal Kombat movie. Brian looked at the marquee of the movie theater and noticed that Mortal Kombat was the movie that was showing that night. But it had been playing for quite some time, and the kids would only see about 10 or 20 minutes of the movie by the time they got back. But the boys just persisted to keep saying, Come on, mister, we just want to go to our house. And we're just two little boys. Come on, mister, let us in. We don't have a gun or anything, and we can't come in until you say we can. And during all this questioning, Brian found himself unlocking the door without realizing as if he was instructed by the child to do so. And once Brian realized that he was reaching for the door to unlock it, he then gained a fresh perspective and looked back at the kids. And that's when he realized the kids had solid black eyes. And just like many other stories about the black-eyed kids, this is the point in which the kids start to get aggressive. Once Brian realized their eyes were solid black, the boy starts to threaten him, saying, We won't hurt you. You have to let us in. We don't have a gun. The boy started pulling on the door and demanding to be let in. It's at this point when the freckled kid that hasn't really spoken finally speaks up and says, Mister, if you don't say it's okay, we can't get in your car. And the kid just looks really confused as to why Brian is denying them entrance into his car. So now Brian is just completely spooked and he rolls his window up and is like, well, I hope you boys find a ride. And he puts his car in reverse and just speeds out of the parking lot. Brian said he was so scared he felt like if he let those kids in his car that he would have died that night. And another strange detail about this story is actually what happened next. Once Brian left the movie theater, he called his friend Chad. And Chad had actually had a couple of friends over and they were all hanging out. Well, Brian is telling Chad on the phone what happened and Chad says, What do you mean, weird, freaky kids? And one of the girls hears Chad say this on the phone and she says, Did they have all black eyes? Strangely enough, this girl claimed that she had a dream several nights before about these children with all black eyes. And she even goes on to tell Brian if he let those kids in the car that night, he would have been dead. 
So this was like the first well-known case of the black-eyed kids, and it truly is a creepy story. But that's not where the stories and encounters ended. In fact, there's been dozens and dozens of stories over the years since then of people encountering similar kids with all black eyes acting in the same strange way, either wanting to get inside their car or wanting to enter their home. And I did a lot of research to try to find a story of where someone actually let the kids in. Most of these stories, everyone picks up on the uneasy feeling that these kids give off, and they usually refuse them to let them in. But I actually found a story about a couple that let these kids in their home. This story actually occurred in the state of Vermont. In the middle of a snowy night, an elderly couple heard the sound of three loud knocks on their door. The couple began to open the door, and they saw two children, a boy and a girl. One of the kids said, Our parents will be here soon. May we come in? The kids did not make eye contact. They just looked at the floor and continued to stand in the doorway. And despite being hesitant, the elderly couple actually let the kids in, giving that it was cold and a snowy evening, and they wanted to help them. So they let the kids inside, and the kids got settled in on the couch. As the husband began to question the kids and they didn't answer him, the wife went into the kitchen to make some hot cocoa for the kids. The wife returned to the living room and that's when she noticed that her cat was scared and angry with the children. And she said that the cat is usually very friendly when they have guests over but that this cat was terrified. The children then asked, may we use your restroom? And it was at this point when the wife realized that the kids' eyes were solid black. The wife directed the kids to the restroom, and when she returned, she noticed her husband with his face in his hand. She asked her husband, did you see their eyes? And her husband then removes his hand from his face to show his hands full of blood from a nosebleed that suddenly just started to happen. Then all of a sudden, the power just goes completely out of the house and it turns dark, as dark as the kids' eyes. At this point, the wife goes back to the restroom to check on the kids and they're standing at the end of the dark hallway and say, our parents are here. The kids then exited the house and left the door wide open. The wife then noticed that there were two men at the end of their driveway. The men were very tall and slender. The wife waved, but did not receive the same gesture. The two men and children then drove away together in one car. The power then came back on shortly after the kids left. But throughout the week, weird things continued to happen in the house. Three out of four of their cats went missing, and the fourth cat was found dead in a pool of its own blood. As for the woman's husband, he continued to have these nosebleeds, which eventually he went to the doctor, and then he was diagnosed with a very aggressive skin cancer. Some have speculated that these paranormal creatures or black-eyed kids may be radioactive, and that's what maybe caused this man's aggressive skin cancer. But... One could be skeptical and say that this medical condition could have already existed and it just happened to be that it was diagnosed after the run-in with these kids. Now as for the cats that went missing, 
I don't know. It's it is strange, but I do know cats do tend to wander off, especially when they're older in age. Sometimes they go to wander off to be alone to actually pass away. It's kind of sad, but it is a thing that's known for cats. However, the fourth cat that was found in a pool of its own blood, that is not a natural death, and it seems as though something evil did occur there. Whether or not it was a paranormal event or if this cat was just attacked by another animal, I don't know. But it is a fascinating detail to this story. And during my research about this phenomenon, I actually came across another story that's a little bit different from the usual black-eyed children's stories that I want to share with you. And I actually found this story on a subreddit about black-eyed kids. So this man's story goes like this. I have spent decades in the military intelligence community, so I don't want to put out too much information about myself on a public forum. However, I'm curious whether or not any other experiences overlap my own. We lived off base in this rundown community that looks like any other rundown community you find anywhere else next to a military installation. The apartment complex itself was nice by the standards of the rest of the buildings in our area. At 12.30 a.m. on a Friday morning, I was woken up by a series of knocks on my heavy wooden door. I have a rule. One series of knocks is just people messing with you. But if there's something they need, they'll knock twice. Yup, there came a second series of knocks. I expected it to be someone from work trying to get a hold of me, and my cell phone had died. It had happened before. But I opened the door and stared down at this kid that I estimated to have been six years old. There was so much about this kid that was bizarre. The eyes feature suggested in black-eyed kids seems kind of trivial. I can't say 100% that his eyes were all black orbs. I just don't know, because the rest of him was such a mess. When I look at people, I don't know, I have a habit of avoiding eye contact. But the rest of this kid's description is as followed. His clothing was gray, filthy, hooded sweatshirt with a hood up halfway with matching sweatpants. His shoes were unremarkable. Skin complexion? For lack of a better phrase, I would say that he was extremely pale. Not clear if there were blemishes in a way of freckles on his skin or if he was just really dirty. His hair was a possibly reddish-brown, but was messy and dirty and short. His face was in this grimace of hatred. His expression was like someone who was sucking on the world's most sour candies. But here's the worst part of it. The body odor. He was radiating was like something I have never smelled before or since. I've smelled decomposing bodies in war. The closest smell I can relate to was in ranger school. In ranger school, due to the lack of food and rest, often guys' bodies will start to consume muscle for energy. Combined with the lack of bathing opportunities, this creates an odor that is hard to top. But this kid smelled like weaponized foulness. I asked the boy, can I help you? In a voice flat, void of inflection, he said, my parents don't like you. I responded, um, what? He stated, you'll be okay if you give us something great. 
I immediately slammed the door on him because I thought he was just screwing with me. He let out this, no! I could hear him on the other side throwing a tantrum like you see toddlers in the store when their parents won't let them have something. It's definitely a strange thing to do at midnight. However, kids running around the dilapidated neighborhood unsupervised was a pretty common occurrence. I just chalked it up to bad parenting. I showered and threw my clothes out because I didn't want that stench on me. I went back to bed because I had to be up again in four hours. The strange thing is that the stench didn't seem to linger. I saw this kid on three other occasions. The second time, I was going out to my car in the morning and he was standing in the parking lot glaring at me. When I came home, he was staring at me, standing in the same spot. Then, when I looked out the window hours later, he was still in the same spot glaring with that same sneer at absolutely nothing. I asked my wife what she made of him, and she said he wasn't bothering anything, which was a pretty low bar for that neighborhood. Kids would often run around vandalizing people's vehicles and apartments. I thought about calling the authorities. However, what was I going to say? There's this weird kid. He might need help because he's weird, and he stinks. The truth is, I hated this kid. Now I have three kids of my own, so I don't just out-hate other kids. However, I hated this one. I hated his smell. I hated that he existed. I felt like he was trying to target and bully me for some reason. No, I didn't want to help this kid. Also, I had these paranoid thoughts of, if this kid hates me as much as I hate him, he's going to lie to the cops and tell them that I had harmed him. It could affect my security clearance. It's best just to ignore him, and this will all go away. One time, I saw him interacting with kids outside, so I know he wasn't a figment of my imagination. However, he didn't play with them like a normal kid. This girl would come up and grab him by the arm, and he would just stand there and glare at her. There were kids running around him, and he just stared at them with that grimace. And that's basically the end of that story. He just goes on to say how maybe he should have helped that kid, but he couldn't get past the smell and the unexplained hatred for this kid. So I don't know about this story. It's it's definitely strange, but it doesn't exactly match up with the other Black Eyed Kids stories. For one, this kid was by himself alone, and most other Black Eyed Kids stories, they travel in pairs. Secondly, this kid seemed to hang around the neighborhood for quite some time and actually interacted with other people. But what is interesting is the man's unexplained hatred for this kid and feeling of dread with even dealing with him, and also the unexplained odor that the kid was giving off. This man stated that he had smelled decomposing bodies, and I know we've all smelled really bad body odor, but this seems to have been something extremely worse. The guy literally took a shower and threw his clothes away after talking to this kid. Now, maybe this kid was just a little strange and had poor personal hygiene, but it seems to me like there maybe was a little bit more at play. What's really odd is the day that he saw him standing in the same spot for nearly the whole day. Seems a bit odd, even for strange kids. So I don't really know what to make of this black-eyed kid's phenomenon. No one really knows. 
We don't know if they're demons. Are they just apparitions of kids? Are they real kids from a different dimension? Are they actually the devil's children like some have speculated? I'm really not sure. But what I do know is it seems like these kids are up to no good. And as I've mentioned before, it's not uncommon in the paranormal field for a demonic entity to pose themselves as a innocent child to kind of invite themselves in. Naturally, people are more willing to help a child in need than they are an adult. So I feel like this is why demons often take on that persona of a child to try to get you to invite them in and help them. So I think until we receive more of these stories and kind of get more details about this phenomenon, we're not going to really have any answers about what's going on with these kids. Like I said, almost every single story that I come across on my research, everyone denied the kids either entry into their home or their vehicle. Rightfully so. I, for one, am going to be a lot more hesitant with opening the door if I hear a knock in the middle of the night or if I'm stopped at a traffic light and a kid's knocking on my window. I'll probably just keep that window up from now on. So what do you all think about this phenomenon? The black-eyed kids. Have you all ever experienced anything like this? Some strange children showing up at your house asking if they can come in? If you've had any kind of run-in with these black-eyed kids or something similar to this experience, I would absolutely love to hear your story. These stories aren't super common, and it's a fairly new phenomenon. So please, do not hesitate to call our hotline at 1-270-290-0900, and then you can tell your story about the black-eyed kids. But that's going to conclude this week's episode about the black-eyed kids. I really hope you all enjoyed this creepy tale. You know, this phenomenon would be creepy if it was an adult, but something about the children being involved just makes it that much more creepy. So if you hadn't heard of this phenomenon prior to listening to this episode, I hope this really freaked you out, and I hope you're extra scared of little creepy kids now. But thank you all so much for making it to the end of the episode and continue to listen. Don't forget to tune in next Saturday at 9 p.m. Eastern Time to catch the new episode. So thanks everybody and keep your eyes peeled for anything strange and unusual. Thanks everybody. Have a good night. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. 
No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.